Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, Episode 82. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week's episode is pretty special because I'm sharing about a new book coming to the Wild and Free community called The Wild and Free Family, and it's available for pre-orders right now. You'll hear a conversation that Jennifer Pepito and I had about the book and learn how you can get some special perks for pre-ordering your copy before it officially comes out this August. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. We remember childhood like winter, the wonder of freshly fallen snow, icicles hanging from eaves like magic, the people, the places, the seasons, they shape us. Embers glow in our hearts from fond but fading memories. Those moments together become frozen in time. Seasons merge, memories collide. Happiness, tears, laughter, loss, freedom, pain, hope, confusion. Things were simple until they weren't. Experiences sting like the cold that bit our fingers. The past holds pain like frostbitten toes. We shiver at the thought of some recollections. Winter time in our souls. Oh, childhood. Most of us don't remember the day we grew up, when the lights dimmed on our glory days. Do we long to go back? I'm not so sure. But then, babes are born. Dreams are restored. Hope emerges like the dawn of spring. Wonder rises up like the forgotten summer. Childhood is calling. Daring us to hope. Beckoning us to heal. We fancy childhood to be like spring. The hope of new beginnings. Birds and buds awakening our senses. We long for childhood to be like summer, the freedom of endless days, lavender sunsets and cicadas singing us to sleep. We yearn for childhood to be like autumn, the mystery of howling winds, leaves dancing round the wood like pixies. We need a resurgence of refuge builders, a reclamation of homemakers and wonder chasers. We need a revival of beauty seekers and hope bearers, a renaissance of grace givers and wounded healers. We need motherhood. Motherhood fights the good fight for our children's futures. Motherhood rejoices over their every good and perfect gift. 
Motherhood holds space for the challenges they face and restores what's been lost within the hope-weary walls of our homes. Motherhood protects the sacred sense of wonder of childhood. So rise up, mothers. Rise up like a warm spring breeze after winter's cold repose. Rise up like the morning sun each and every day it appears. Growing, breathing, healing, broken. Still, we rise. In just a moment, you'll hear a conversation between Jennifer Pepito and me about the new book, The Wild and Free Family, coming to bookstores this August. But first, I wanted to tell you how you can get some special perks just for pre-ordering the book right now. Eight years ago, Wild and Free began as a community of mothers passionate about reclaiming wonder, fostering curiosity, and finding our way back to the wild places the forests and the streams, the lost arts of reading aloud, handcrafts, and childhood play. We came together to reclaim childhood and the wonder that lives in each of us. But now there's a book called The Wild and Free Family that shares how we can reclaim our families as well. Drawn from my own stories, as well as those shared by other families in the Wild and Free community, this book will help you forge your own path to a life full of wonder, adventure, and connection. To celebrate the Wild and Free family, we've put together a special content bundle called Family for those who pre-order the book by August 29th. Simply upload your receipt on our website and we'll give you a whole package of downloadable resources focused on the theme of family. Many of the families in these articles, stories, and tutorials are featured in the book, but now you can see their photos and read their stories in their own words. To learn more about the book and get your pre-order perks, go to bewildandfree.org family. The Wild and Free community has grown so much since we released the book, The Call of the Wild and Free, just a few short years ago. This intentional way of learning and living alongside our kids has sparked a movement all over the world. In reclaiming childhood, we have also reclaimed motherhood. We've discovered that if we want to raise wild and free children, we must become wild and free ourselves. But this vision isn't just for homeschooling. Raising children who are free to learn and grow in a safe haven of love and connection begins in family. So I'm thrilled to announce the launch of a new book called The Wild and Free Family that's coming out this August 30th. And we wanted you to be the first to hear about it. I recently sat down with Jennifer Pepito to talk about the book, and I'm delighted to share our conversation with you today. Let's listen in. So the book, it's really exciting because it's very different from most other family books that I've read. And it covers some things that I'm really passionate about, but I haven't seen anywhere else. So first of all, thank you for writing a book that just has so many important ideas without 
exactly telling people how to do things. I really appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. One of the first places I wanted to start talking about is you highlight the importance of connection. You know, so many parenting books say how to parent, but they neglect to mention the most important starting point, which is attachment or connection. And you say there is no shortcut to connection. Can you tell us some of what led you to see how important this is? I, my motherhood journey is that I wanted nothing more than to be a mother. And so when my first child arrived, um, it just felt so natural and magical. And even though it was so hard and there were a lot of surprising moments from, you know, his really severe colic and some other things that just made, you know, those early newborn days so challenging at the core of it. I just felt like I was living out my purpose and every moment felt like an opportunity to, connect with my child and meet his needs. And as time went on, I realized that it really was the most important thing. But as our children grow, there are just so many distractions and so many things that get in the way of connection. And that can be personality differences. It can be fears that we have. I know that, you know, we all have worries about whether or not we're doing the right thing and it affects how we interact with our children. But whatever it is, connection really is at the core. And I think it's not from all the positive experiences that I had, but really some of the hard and learning lessons that I had to go through that I'm so passionate about connection. Because even even coming from someone who is just so passionate about connection and attachment and feeling like our kids become really secure through healthy attachments, um, we can't toughen them up by pushing them away. That is all something that it was very close to my heart even early on. And yet we still had conflicts and challenges with connection. So a lot of what I share is experience. A lot of what is research that I've done over the past decade and trying to reach out to others for help and inspiration. So I think connection is really just at the heart of this book for me. And I hope that that's what resonates with other moms. I didn't really hear about connection until uh, my son like I have seven kids. And so I think my first five were later childhood, maybe even teens. And it really resonated with me because you kind of imagined attachment disorders. I know I had heard the phrase attachment disorder because I have a sister who adopted children out of foster care, but I didn't really think about how it could apply to, you know, family like mine with seven birth children. But the truth is, with a big family, it's easy to overlook attachment or connection just because of the sheer numbers. You have five kids. What are some of the things that you have done to stay connected with your children? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we think, gosh, how in a healthy family where everyone, we put our kids, you know, prioritize our kids and our relationship with them. And yet, how can we have these attachment issues? And yet, I think that they just kind of happen. You know, I share in the book a story about um, my oldest son and how when he became a teenager, he is a real fun loving guy, but he's a serious introvert like myself. So I, I could totally relate to that. But when he became a teenager, I felt like the connection that I just always naturally felt 
I didn't feel as strongly. And I think a lot of that was my own fears projecting onto our relationship and wondering, did I just imagine that we were connected (laughs) or did we really lose something? So I share like just how for several months I kept trying and it just felt like everything was kind of a mess, you know, in all the different ways I felt like I was trying to connect with him. I was just falling short. And I just remember feeling like a failure. And then one day, you know, I was just just standing in the kitchen, cooking dinner, working on something. And my son walked in and he just started talking to me about whatever it was he was interested in at the time. And it was something I remember thinking, gosh, I have no idea what to say in response to this because I don't know much about the topic. But I just looked really engaged and kept affirming him with the little bits of things that I thought I could say intelligently and asked him to tell me more. And and I just remember feeling like here we are, we're connected again. And it hasn't been perfect ever since, obviously, but that just gave me a glimpse of, okay, there is ebb and flow to relationship and it's never too late to reestablish a connection but to keep trying in all the little ways. And I think that one of the most profound things that I realized could really hinder connection is just the conflict that inevitably comes about when you have a family of seven, five kids, all homeschooled, all living under the same roof. At the same time, there's just inevitably going to be conflict. And I think for so long, I just tried to manage the conflict. Like, how do I get everybody back on the same page? And I realized that I wasn't really meeting each individual child at their level and what they needed. Author Pam Leo, who wrote the book Connection Parenting, says that the level of cooperation parents get from their children is usually equal to the level of connection children feel with their parents. When I think about my relationship with my kids, I want to say, oh, they feel connected to me or I'm connected to them, or we do everything together, but sometimes togetherness doesn't always equal connection. So I think being really mindful of the ways that we connect with our children and meet them all on individual levels, and when there is a disconnect, that we can't expect life just to go on and keep rolling. We have to kind of pause and get to the root of it. Sometimes that means allowing everybody to calm down, And I found that there really can't be connection if there isn't a calm in each person's heart and in their mind. I mean, conflict just stirs up all sorts of stuff in our brains and we feel dysregulated and all of those things. So everybody needs to be calm before we can even hope to have connection again. Yeah, I love that. You know, it sounds like a big part of what helps you stay connected is just being responsive. You know, it's sometimes hard when we're managing a big family and we're trying to get the meals on the table and maybe even wanting a little escape sometimes. Like I realize Instagram in many ways for me is just an escape (laughs) from the demands of a big family. And so, you know, making time where you are just all the way present, you're very responsive is so helpful for connection. Another thing that I love about this book is the fact that you address our childhood wounds. In the end of chapter uh, five, you talk about to raise whole children, we must become whole versions of ourselves. Whole in this sense doesn't mean perfect. It just means that we see when we see ourselves in our children's behavior, we look to heal that part of ourselves rather than lash out in anger. And that's so profound because so often the behavior issues that we deal with with our children are just a magnified reflection of our own internal struggles. In chapter six, you go on to talk about working through some of our 
issues that we had with our own family of origin. And I, I mean, that's a passion of mine because I feel like as I'm having my adult children move on, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I judged my parents so harshly for the way they parented me. And yet they were very dedicated in all accounts, very good parents. And now I have adult children and they have the opportunity to do the same thing. They have the chance here to say, I don't like you anymore. I don't like your parenting or to have mercy on me. And it's made me much more zealous about having mercy towards my parents, about being kind to my parents and my in-laws, because I realized I want my children to treat me the way, (laughs) like I I need to treat my parents the way I want my kids to treat me. What are some of the things that you've done to become whole yourself so that you could set that kind of a pattern for your children? Yeah, it, this is a huge passion of mine too. We all have memories of our childhood. We all have experiences we relive and some of them are really good and we really want to pass those on to our kids. And then there's always, whether we had a wonderful childhood, a stressful childhood, a harmful childhood, wherever we're coming from, there's always things that we wish had been different. Things maybe that we're struggling to still overcome and connections that we craved, emotional needs that were unmet. Whatever it is, we are all dealing with that on some level. And I've realized that all parenting really is this mixture of the instinctual and then also the intentional, the things that we really want. Some people just want to do everything different than their parents and not even think about it. And and other people, you know, really want to replicate their childhoods in so many ways. But whatever we're doing, we can't help but bring our past into how we parent. And if we have just struggles or some tragedies from our past and our upbringing, it takes real effort to break the cycle and begin a new way with our children. You know, we are the ones, if you line us up, you know, in order of our ancestry, we stand in the gap of our past and our children's futures. You know, we want so badly to help our children be successful, to help them overcome their struggles and not to have the same emotional needs or whatever it is. But we have to heal ourselves before we can heal our children. Dr. Gabor Mate wrote in one of his books, we have to take care of ourselves before we can deal with our children. Our children are so good at pushing our buttons. And one of the reasons that is, is because we see the parts of ourselves that we don't maybe necessarily like, or we aren't at peace with in our children. And when those behaviors act up, we respond in either an instinctual way or an intentional way. So we have to be all the more responsible with, you know, finding wholeness for ourselves. So when I have those feelings, when my kids act a certain way or struggle in a certain way, like what does that feel like in me? And why am I feeling like that? And rather than addressing it in my child first, I seek to address it in myself. And I know that they won't be able to find that peace with that part of themselves if I don't model it. We'll be back with our conversation in just a moment. But I wanted to take a minute to share how you can be part of helping to launch the Wild and Free family into the world. If you resonate with this concept of reclaiming wonder, adventure, and connection within your family, I'd love to invite you to join the official launch team for the book. You'll be part of a group of friends that shares about the book, writes reviews, 
hosts book clubs and discussions, shares about it on social media, and prepares for the big release day on August 30th. Even more, you'll join a community of other intentional parents who believe strongly in the impact of families to shape our children's lives for generations to come. Plus, you'll get lots of special perks along the way. And I'd be so, so very grateful. To learn how you can be a part of the Wild and Free family launch team, go to bewildandfree.org slash family. Now back to my conversation with Jennifer Pepito. One of the things that is really fascinating about this book is the emphasis on adventure. You know, I think that sometimes homeschool moms, we have done the research and we feel like we know best. And then we often put a leash on our husbands or a bit of a rein on them to not let them do anything crazy with our kids. You, on the <laughs> other hand, I'm reading some of the things that you let, like Ben, he gets a, a wild hair and he buys a ticket and him and Wyatt go off and do something crazy. And it's probably other kids <laughs> at this point too. Um, <laughs> how did you overcome your fears of maybe letting them do some of these things and sort of let your husband inject some of his own personality into the family life. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you put it that way, but it's totally true. We do as wild and free moms have this idea of what adventure should look like, what it should feel like, what it should taste like. And, you know, in my family, my husband, Ben and I, we have very different ideas of what adventures look like for me, you know, going to wander through nature, take in a view, have some learning experiences that go along with that. And, you know, whatever it looks like, it looks much more wild and free. And my husband, his definition of adventure is really just having these crazy experiences that are out of the ordinary and that really are memorable. So several years ago, as a family, we usually are watching some sort of show together on maybe not every night, but in the evening, we might put on Little House on the Prairie. I remember years ago, we went through that whole series after reading the book, obviously nothing like the books, but, and then my husband grew up watching Andy Griffith. So he introduced the kids to Andy Griffith and they watched that for a while. And then one day we were looking for a show and I don't remember how we found it, but they came across this reality show on Animal Planet called Finding Bigfoot. It's long since been canceled, but it's about a group of researchers from the Bigfoot field researchers organization who travels to places where people have had quote unquote Bigfoot sightings. And they started this whole organization. It's a whole deal. And it was a really fun show to watch for a while. And of course, there's never anything conclusive. You watch the show and you're on pins and needles and you're like, oh my goodness, we're going to see it. And then it's just very anticlimactic. But they were watching it and I don't know how it happened, but my, my husband decided to just Google the BFRO. And he found that even though the show had long been gone, that this organization exists and they host Bigfoot expeditions for people that is very under wraps and top secret and you go through an application process and you don't find out where you're going to this undisclosed location until right before. But my husband signed my son and himself up to go on one of these expeditions. I think when Wyatt, who's now 18, was 14 years old, it was when this happened. And it was just this 
crazy experience. I share more about the story in the book and I won't go into it all now, but it ended up being this really memorable thing for several reasons and no idea if Bigfoot exists. That is not the point of the story, but just that they created this really unbelievable experience together that they'll never forget. What, what would you say to the moms who are like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to let my husband do that. That's too dangerous. Or, you know, there's so many moms who and really, I, I went through it when we moved to Mexico. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, so, you know, what do you say to moms who are afraid and then kind of not letting their husband interject his own personality or sense of adventure into the family life. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, Jen, to be honest. Like, how do you get yeah, brave? How do you get brave? <laughs> I think you just jump in both feet, not feeling brave. I think that's how you overcome the feeling of not feeling brave in anything really. But yeah, I mean, I wanted not just to be a wild and free mom raising wild and free children. I didn't want our lifestyle choices to just be mine. I think every mom who has is is married wants or has a partner like wants their person to be just as committed to this as they are. And I think that how we allow that to be and is to really let them bring who they are to the equation because you know, my husband would consider himself wild and free. We consider ourselves a wild and free family and it's not just because he's wild and free like I am, but because we both bring how we are wild and free into the equation and how we, I think, respect and honor each other in the, in the unique gifts that we bring, bring to the table. So, yeah, that's so, that's really good. I think it's going to be so encouraging because it is easy as moms to think I've done all the research. I know what's best for the family and not let our partners have a say in how the children are raised or what kind of adventures they have. So I really did love reading about the exciting things that Ben did with the kids. It's inspiring. <laughs> there are so many things that I really love about the book. I am excited for families to get it in their hands and learn from it because they're, it's not like any other family book. And it's going to bring up a lot of new ideas and insight that they haven't had so far. One of the other favorite chapters is you talk about family vision. You kind of mentioned some of the visions that other families have done, but you also talk about the really big leap of faith that your family did in starting the farm mm -hmm. village. We did. It was something that, you know, my husband and I had been dreaming of doing for years and years long before Wild and Free existed was really having a place where people could come, um, that there was a sense of place and belonging. And when Wild and Free came about and we started dreaming of what could be for this community. I think it all felt like it came together, that there really was like a purpose for our long-term vision and what we were doing in the work of the wild and free community. So while we're thinking about all the ways that we can raise our kids up and all the things that we're doing for our kids, I think it's important to remind ourselves how important it is for our kids to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves, that there's a family vision and that could be multiple visions. There could be a grand vision and there could be lots of little things that we um, aspire to do as families. All the searching and all the meetings and all the vision gatherings that we hosted, our kids were all a part of that. And when we finally were able to get the property that we have now. It was above and beyond anything that we could have imagined that we, we would be getting. And the joy of 
getting the property and feeling the fruition of all of the hard work. I feel like our kids really got to be a part of some big dreams and and seeing that when you pursue something together, I don't know, I think it has a, an impact on their lives. The subtitle of your book is Forging Your Own Path to a Life Full of Wonder, Adventure and Connection. And that really encapsulates what the book is about. It's not like a how to or a do it this way and you'll be successful. It's more the ingredients for a wild and free, courageous, joyful, connected life. I'm so excited for families to get their hands on the book. Is there anything that you just are really on your heart that you want families to hear as they're getting started? I think I would just want everyone to know that there's no one right way to be wild and free. We all have different factors at play from the culture in our homes, the diverse needs of our children, the unique makeup of each personality, parents' gifts, children's gifts. And the goal isn't to create a formula The goal is to break out of the formula, the formula that society has led us to believe that we have to do in order for our kids to be successful and for us to do things right as parents or else we're going to fail them. The goal is ultimately greater love, more joy and finding connection. I'm so excited about it. It's a wonderful book. Thank you for the dedication, the love, the service to this community of moms. I'm so grateful for you. And I know that the listeners at the Whole Wild and Free community is just so thankful for the way that you've poured out your energy and your love to help us create happier, more connected families. Thank you so much, Jen. It's just such a privilege to to be here and to share and to feel like we're just all in this together. It was such a joy to chat with Jen. I hope you enjoyed hearing more about the Wild and Free family. My hope in writing this book is that your family will be inspired to love stronger, live more fully, and grow closer to each other. That you'll be emboldened to repair relationships and break generational patterns for your children and your children's children. My hope is that your family will truly become wild and free. So friends, don't forget to pre-order your copy of The Wild and Free Family and go to our website so you can get your pre-order perks. To learn more about the book and get your pre-order perks, go to bewildandfree.org slash family. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next time for the Wild and Free podcast. Podcast.